Hello and welcome back to the SLP Corner podcast. This week's guest is Candace Cepeda. She is a speech language pathologist based out of Long Island, New York. Candace is a school-based speech language pathologist who works in a special education school servicing middle school age students, so grades six to eight, with moderate to severe language impairments. Many of her students also exhibit comorbid classifications, including emotional disturbance, autism, and oppositional defiant disorder. In addition, after school, Candace provides in-home health care therapy services for preschool and school-age children exhibiting articulation and language impairments. You can find her on Instagram at something speechy, where she shares therapy ideas, tips, and her personal experiences working in the trenches. She also has a teacher's paid teacher's shop called Something Speechy. Welcome to the podcast, Candace. Thank you so much for having me, Shannon. Today is a teletherapy day. We are going to be talking all things teletherapy. This is perfect timing because this podcast will be coming out in a few weeks, but I already mentioned to Candace. I have my first teletherapy session tomorrow, <laughs> so I'm really excited. Candace has been doing teletherapy for a few months now, so she's well-versed in this topic. She's done a lot of learning, and she's educated herself on this topic, so I'm really excited. We're going to dive into all things teletherapy. First, I just want to ask you, how has COVID impacted the service delivery for school-based SLPs? Great question. This year has been a school year that has by far been the most unique and drastically different than all others. I think many SLPs can relate. COVID-19 threw us all for a loop in March. And where I am in New York, it in March, it quickly became the epicenter of the pandemic and the virus began spreading rapidly. On March 13th, my district announced that the school buildings would be closed and there would be a shift to online learning. So of course I needed to learn and plan for digital therapy quickly. And so I did, I was starting teletherapy the very next week. For the remaining four months of the school year, I provided services this way, all digitally from uh, the comfort of my home. I knew I wasn't gonna be using my paper materials, all those nice laminated materials that I have in my office, those books on the shelves, all those games. I had none of that. So I really needed to find digital materials quickly and become creative in what I would be using. So yeah, it's been quite a wild ride and at times stressful, but I'm really glad that I've been using this skill, still reaching my students. And it's interesting. I was just reflecting on, will I be using teletherapy once the COVID virus is not a threat anymore. And I think I will be. I I think all SOPs will be, to be honest. It provides flexibility to the therapists and clients. It provides easy access to services, even if someone in the household or a child has a mild illness, maybe can't come to school or can't provide in-home therapy, but still can get on the computer. And it's an ease of access to quality therapy for clients who live in rural locations and cannot access uh, quality in-person services. So I think that, yes, this has been a stressful time and SLPs have needed to learn this new model quickly, but I think we should be thankful that we did because it's going to be here to stay. And I I see this having a positive impact on our field. Okay. First of all, I just want to recognize that it is so crazy that so many SLPs I've talked to, including you, the switch that you had to make, how quickly you switch from in-person to teletherapy. I can't even imagine that because I've been slowly trying to learn more about teletherapy over the weeks and I've slowly been trying to familiarize myself with 
different types of resources and activities. And even yesterday I was having dinner with an SLP and she was like, yeah, like I basically had to switch in a day or two and just start providing services. So that's so stressful that you guys had to do that. But it's also very impressive how quickly and adaptable everyone was and how quickly everyone could change the way they were providing service. I think it's really impressive. And then also kind of what you were saying about how we are probably going to continue using the teletherapy model moving forward. Highly likely there'll be a second wave. So (laughs) that is one thing. It's not like it's going to go away anytime soon, but also there's so many benefits to it. Like I was even thinking if you're going away and you're not in clinic or you're not in the city that you are usually seeing the kids you can just do teletherapy where you're going if you're going on a trip or something like I'm going away for a few weeks in August I just realized today I was like oh I don't have to cancel those sessions I can just you can still give them the therapy yeah I don't know that's so nice I I think like a big a big thing people are wondering about is like where do you even start how do you learn about teletherapy for me i was like oh my gosh where do i even begin it's helpful having discussions like this with you and i had a really helpful discussion yesterday with fiona from speech meta she owns the clinic that i work at now and where did you find resources online and what did you find the most helpful you're right i did quickly learn teletherapy in a matter of days and what was really helpful i took some ceu courses online that got me started I learned the basics. I didn't even know what platforms were. To be honest, I didn't use Zoom before this. So I learned about the different platforms available, how to get started, some activities to try. And they also mentioned the ethical considerations, which were important that I might have not have even known about. So for example, I learned about the importance of Uh, the privacy settings, making sure you use a secure encrypted channel that is in accordance with HIPAA and making sure that you follow the state laws of the state that you're practicing in. I definitely recommend taking some CEUs and webinars before getting started. Also, a great resource that I used was the ASHA website. On their website, they have uh, several pages with lots of information for SLPs regarding teletherapy They discuss the key issues of teletherapy, such as the roles and responsibilities of providers, the technology to use. They also talk about the privacy settings, but they also provide a really nice graph of the state-by-state guidelines and laws and regulations that SLPs in the states must abide by. So definitely be sure to check that out, what your state requires but they also have a COVID-19 provisions section where there are temporary provisions on the state laws due to this pandemic. So be sure to check that out as well. It's so funny that you said you you didn't even use Zoom because I didn't use Zoom either. And I'm like, where did Zoom even come from? I feel like no one knew about Zoom. And then all of a sudden, we're all just pros at using Zoom. So that's hilarious. We've already touched a bit on kind of the pros of teletherapy. We mentioned, obviously, it's nice that you can still provide therapy services even if you're going somewhere else and you're not in the exact location of the client that you're working with. But I kind of want to dive more into the pros and cons because there's a lot of pros and there's a lot of cons. And I think on social media, you might see a lot of cons and (laughs) not a lot of pros or the opposite. Some people love it. So, So let's kind of dive into a discussion on that. It's probably easier if we just start with just kind of discussing what the pros are and then we can talk more about the cons. What do you think the pros of teletherapy are? Another 
Great question, Shannon. If you ask this question to 10 different speech therapists, I think you'd probably get 10 different answers. We all have different likes and dislikes and what may be a pro to you is a con to me or a, a pro to someone else and vice versa. But there are definitely things that stood out in my mind as pros. For instance, no commute. I normally commute 45 minutes to work every day. When I started doing teletherapy, all I had to do was take less than one minute walk down the stairs to my kitchen table. It saved me a lot of time in the morning. I was able to improve my morning routine, making time for breakfast, having time for myself, watching the news. So in my mind, that's a pro. I mean, also a pro, I was able to do all my work in yoga pants. That's also a pro. Don't think that's a con. Also, I saved a lot of time during this time of teletherapy. Maybe not in my school day in particular, but after school, I run around doing in-home therapy for kids. And I set aside 15 minutes in between each of those sessions just for travel. And on Zoom, I was able to do back-to-back -back sessions. So for a normal night where I end at 7 or 7.30, I was able to end much earlier, which was also very nice. Something I really liked too that I wasn't too sure about before I started, how was I going to engage my students? Would this even be something that's engaging to them? And you know what? I was pleasantly surprised. My students love technology. They love being on the computer. Some of them are probably even more tech savvy than me. And... I found that it was really easy to engage them with the activities that I used. And it was so interesting that some of my higher functioning kids on the spectrum, it really was beneficial for them. I was able to get more eye contact and more focus from them than I had ever seen in therapy, in-person services. So that's an interesting topic to explore in itself. But I think that's definitely a pro. Something else that I liked was... I was able to engage the parents in therapy a lot more. And my school-based children, yes, I normally make a phone call and check in with the parents once a quarter, but sometimes the parents don't call me back. Sometimes communication with them is limited. During this time, I have had so much more communication with my parents, communicating with them, if not daily, every other day, weekly, or right there on the session, they would pop in and chat with me. That is great for generalization, talking about their goals, what they're working on. Some of the parents were so thankful to see what I do with their child and to see the impact that I make with them. I thought that was definitely a pro. You were saying that some kids, especially kids with autism, you almost seemed like they actually liked it more and that they, they almost did quote-unquote better with the teletherapy model than in person. And I was thinking when you were saying that, I was in my grad program still in March and April, and they moved us all online. And I'm more introverted. I'm not someone who's always raising my hand in class constantly. I'm more reserved in class. And I felt like doing things over Zoom and doing online classes, I was more engaged and I was able to listen and focus more. There's kind of two sides to that. Some students are like, no, I found it way worse. But then some students are like, no, you know what? It's 
a lot easier to focus when you're in your own little space. You can just focus on the computer. So I could totally see why children might also find that to be a more enjoyable experience for them. It's less kind of intense and overwhelming to just have just yourself in the computer. And it's so true. Like kids are so adaptable. I feel like they don't get enough credit. They're so adaptable and they do love technology. So it's kind of a perfect setup for them. Kids love going on the iPad and they love playing games online. So it is kind of nice. Yeah, I really like that you touched on all of that. So now to go to the cons. <laughs> There's some obvious ones, but what what do you think are the cons of teletherapy that you've noticed from your experience with it? There was a few challenges for sure going about teletherapy. And of course, my challenges, you know, may not be the same as what other people are experiencing. But the first one for me was that therapy wasn't in person anymore. I miss the children. I love being at school, seeing them every day, working with them. It's a great feeling being in the school that where you're supported with kind and supportive teachers, you know, just my staff, my friends at school. So I missed that. And looking back, like the fun events that we miss, like field day, school concerts and talent shows, I feel bad that the kids couldn't enjoy that at the end of the school year. The disruption in their schedule, I think, was also a challenge. Some kids, I, I did have to send home a schedule to keep them on track because without w needing to wake up to go on the bus every morning, you know, they may be sleeping until 10, 11, 12, p you know, in the afternoon. That I found challenging at times. One of the other challenges I think was the technology. Luckily, I didn't have too many issues with technology, but sometimes my students did have poor Wi-Fi connections and this would interrupt our sessions or sometimes they didn't log on at the right time. This would, uh, you know, cut our sessions short. Overall, luckily, I didn't have too many issues with that. And then something else I, I really didn't enjoy, too much time at home. But I think everybody was experiencing this during quarantine. It was just a lot of isolated time, not leaving. And that really got to me. I did make sure to to get outside at least once a day, go for a walk, just to clear my mind, get fresh air, because staying inside was really tough. I think those are the biggest challenges. You give and you take, Shannon, right? There are pros and cons to everything. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, I, I agree with the working from home thing, because I think at first it can be very like, oh my gosh, work from home, it sounds so amazing. And then after, when the weeks are going by and you're still at home and <laughs> you can't go anywhere, <laughs> It can get old quick. I also think like working from home when it's not a pandemic might be a nice experience because you can still see people and do things, but working from home during a pandemic can be so isolating because you're literally at home all the time and you also can't see any of your friends or family and you can't really go anywhere. So we are talking about teletherapy, but we're also talking about, as you mentioned, like teletherapy in a pandemic. So it has a whole other layer to it. Next, I guess I just want to ask you, what is something that you found to just be incredibly difficult that you experienced surrounding teletherapy? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Teletherapy really was great. And research shows that teletherapy is just as effective, if not more effective than in-person therapy. So I didn't have any issues with pure teletherapy in that sense, but teletherapy during a global pandemic was definitely more challenging. There were a bunch of factors that 
played into that. So I work in a school that has a large percentage of low socioeconomic status students. Many of them qualify for free breakfast, free lunch at school. Some of these students, getting them on the teletherapy service was the hardest part. These families that are exhibiting high stress right now, some with job uncertainty, possibly going without income, having several children in the house to feed and limited technology to use at home with their children is hard. I do give a big shout out to my school. We sent home school iPads to all of the students who needed them, who needed technology to access the teletherapy. Many of those were delivered by teachers and staff themselves. Also, we were sending home food weekly and daily to students and families who were in need of food. We were constantly refilling our food banks, many of which came from staff donations. With all that said, this small handful of students, it was hard to reach them. It really, they needed more support. They needed the support of the school counselors, the social workers the most. They needed the emotional and well-being support just to make ends meet. I do not think that these parents devalue their child's education. I don't think that at all. However, they had larger problems at hand than trying to get their student on a 30-minute speech session. I firmly believe that you need emotional, social well-being. You need to have strong relationships and mindfulness before you establish your academic growth. So for me, the fact that I couldn't provide traditional services for these small amounts of students was hard for me. You know, if we were in school, I know I'd be there with them loving them, caring for them, and giving them the support they need. But without being there, it was hard. Really, I needed to realize that the priority was not my speech session. The priority was donating food, helping these families find the resources. And many times I felt like a counselor. I was listening to parents and I was just a kind ear for them. Kudos all the educators out there who have been hard at work during this time and going above and beyond to support our students in more ways than just traditional speech therapy. Thank you for saying all that. I think it's so important to acknowledge the fact that even though teletherapy is an option for some kids, for a lot of kids, that is not something that's available to them. And they, like you mentioned, they're most concerned with getting food on the table. And I had mentioned this to Candice already before we started talking, but I was talking to one of my friends who's an elementary school teacher and she's in a rural area in Canada and she laughed at the fact that so many kids can do teletherapy. She was like, teletherapy? Half the kids in my classroom don't even have a single book at home. They're not going to have access to anything technology-wise and their parents don't have time for that. It's really nice that your school was able to give the iPads and the food. That's amazing. But yeah, I, I definitely want to acknowledge that that is definitely not something all kids even have the opportunity to have. But yeah, to end off, I want to talk about just activities, resources that you've used for kids. I feel like this can be a hurdle for some people, including myself, <laughs> because it's like, what even is available? And what do you even use for preschool age students and then also school age students using teletherapy? So what are some activities that you found most successful? There are a lot of resources out there that are so helpful if you're doing teletherapy a lot of great digital resources, and a lot of them are free, which is a plus. <laughs> so when I work with preschool students, I use Boom Cards a lot. 
I love Boom Cards. If you don't know about it, you can find them at boomlearning.com. So many interactive decks to target any goal. They're perfect to keep students engaged. You can screen share them onto the screen, move the pieces around, use the interactive drawing tools. There's so much you can do there. And for the older students, I loved doing uh, interactive field trips. If we weren't able to get out of the house, I took them to as many places as I could virtually. I loved going to the San Diego Zoo, seeing the live feeds of the animals, going to the Monterey Bay Aquarium, seeing the aquatic animals, the Smithsonian National Museum of Natural History in DC has an awesome virtual tour. It feels like you're walking around the halls of the museum and checking out the exhibits. The students love that one. You can also travel to space, Shannon. Did you know that? <laughs> you can go see the astronauts experiment with slime in outer space. Nickelodeon did an awesome field trip about that. These are just some of the many, many virtual field trips you can take and language exploded. It's just, you could target anything, Shannon. Yeah, you know, if you get creative, you can target vocabulary, grammar, sentence building, conversation skills, comprehension, anything you want. It's endless. The students, I feel, really loved that and they were really engaged. And you know what? That's going to be something that I do, not just in teletherapy, but I'm going to take that to my therapy room in school. I love those ideas a lot, but there's a lot out there to explore, Shannon, and you got some time. So I know you'll find some good stuff too. I absolutely love the virtual field trip. I haven't heard that from anyone except you. How exactly do people find these field trips? Like, what do you literally search? Like, let's break it down because I want to use this because I have a kid who loves adventures and exploring. So I feel like they might enjoy a field trip. So how do you find these resources? In the web browser, I typed in virtual field trips. There are several different websites. If you type it in the web browser, there's several websites with long lists, a list of 10 different virtual field trips to try with students. So Google virtual field trips. I didn't know it was like that. I didn't know it was that simple. I'm going to do that after this. And then also yesterday I had a meeting with the owner of the clinic I'm at. Fiona from Speech Meta, shout out. She sacrificed her time to help me. So some free resources that she mentioned that you, you're probably already familiar with, but just in case anyone isn't, these are my favorites that she mentioned. Scribbles and ink drawing games. Are you familiar with that? No, I haven't used that one. Okay, it's so cute. It's like an interactive drawing game where you draw on the screen and then you can like, if you draw a spaceship, you can have the spaceship like float up to space and then all of a sudden you're in space. It's very, very interactive and you can have your drawings be floating over the screen and it's just, it's very cool. So I, I highly recommend Scribbles and Ink drawing games. And then for like really simple games, Ducky Deck and ABC Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but they're like really simple, cute games. So if anyone isn't familiar with those, I highly recommend. Ducky Deck is so cute and super easy. Fiona walked me through like literally 15 games and I was like, this is so perfect for teletherapy. Some of them are really simple, but sometimes the simpler the better because you can do more with it. For reading, she told me reading A to Z in epic books. So that those are just like so many books on there. Other people are probably familiar with that. And then the last one I'll say is cough drop 
I'm sure you're familiar with cough drop. It's like the AAC website, but they're so cool because you can make like visual schedules for your teletherapy, or you can make literally anything you want and it's interactive too. So you can still work with kids who are using AAC. So I really like that. Some apps that Fiona mentioned yesterday, Toka Boca, so perfect for, for perspective taking, verbs, imitating facial expressions. Of course, my play home, we're all familiar with that. And then cake doodle. But I'll put all these in the description of the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on this week. Okay, so everyone, Candace Cepeda, something speechy on Teachers Pay Teachers and Instagram. Go follow her, go check out her page, therapy tips, therapy ideas, and just her her life as an SLP. So thank you so much for coming on and explaining all about teletherapy. So helpful. I really liked everything that you had to say. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on this week. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I love being able to talk about this with you and share our ideas. You know, I've learned, I've, I've got some good tips now that I'm going to go back and do because I'm still doing teletherapy myself as well. So thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I always have fun connecting with all these SLPs and getting to like virtually meet everyone. So yeah, thank you so much. And I will see everybody next Monday.